The Blockbusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blockbusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room! Now, where was I? Welcome to another episode of Blockbusters, and this is obviously our film spotlight series where we have a guest on to talk about a film that they like and a film that they maybe don't like quite so much. I'm Paul, and sadly Brian is off getting his 53rd Blockbusters tattoo. I'm seriously thinking about having an intervention with him at some point soon, but uh, free advertising. So it's just me by my lonesome today, and uh, I decided to rope in a guy by the name of Ed Bakter, who is the host of the Unaired podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm uh, doing quite well at the moment. I, uh, as of recording this, we're recording it Tuesday, the 21st of November, which is just before Thanksgiving, and this is my last day of work until next Tuesday. So I'm actually uh, about to enjoy some nice time off. Nice time off, a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite uh, a fair amount of food. And so uh, I'll get our nuts and bolts out of the way quick, and then we'll dive into your podcast for a little bit. Uh, if anyone wants to contact us in any way, shape, or form, you can try on Twitter at blokebusters, facebook.com slash blokebusters. You can email us, blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram, although not super active there and we have a website blockbusters.webs.com and you can always go to podbros.com and look at us from there because hell their website is nicer than ours so there you go (laughs) (laughs) so yes the unaired podcast why don't you tell people what it is all right so each week um i find a tv show that was canceled with episodes left unaired um they usually run about like five, six episodes that get canceled. Some of them made it like almost an entire season, but for the most part, it's nothing that's been over a season. And uh, yeah, we just kind of review the shows. We watch the pilot and review that and try ideas for what we think could have been future episodes. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually first saw you guys on Twitter and I saw the subject of your podcast and I was like, I've not really run into that as an idea before. So it was really cool to to look into, and I I do find it interesting that you you must have so many shows that were cancelled after either the first season or first run. I mean, obviously the probably the most famous version of that would be Firefly, just because yep. <laughs> everyone agrees pretty much that it was the worst decision Fox has ever made in its entire history, which is actually saying something <laughs> given some of their decisions, but. Yeah, not to allow Firefly to go further than it did was uh, an absolute travesty. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, have you guys touched on Firefly? I haven't looked through your whole catalog yet. So yeah. we haven't yet. Um, I believe we have that scheduled soon. Okay. I'm not entirely sure on that though. <laughs> well, yeah, 
and hopefully you'll uh, you'll get to it soon because yeah, obviously as I said, probably the most famous example and uh, definitely uh, a deep well to be tapped there, especially since they made the film, which kind of did a little bit of a time jump. So would the episode you're thinking of cover the bit in between there? Would it be after the film? Like a fair amount there. Yeah, I, th- I feel like it would have to be kind of in between to like avoid spoilers for the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I think at this point, anyone that would be listening to something about Firefly will have seen it. So, uh, hope- I, mean, I, I understand not wanting to spoil the film, because uh, I, I did feel that Serenity kind of does stand by itself. Even if you haven't seen the show, you could just watch Serenity and you'd still get a fairly good experience even not knowing the full backstory of the characters yeah and then like you could watch the tv series it's kind of like a prequel to it (laughs) yeah i think the only thing that would be like just for the fans and not really uh exploring would be book but uh yeah other than that i think it's a fairly well self-contained film there so uh no, it would be interesting if you picked Serenity to talk about, but uh, we'll get into that. So, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you are here to talk about a film that you love and a film that you maybe don't. So, we normally try and guess the genre of the film that you like, uh, and I will take the the rein from Brian and say one of the two guesses will be Buddy Cop. It is not a buddy cop. It is not buddy cop. All right. Sorry, Brian. I, I tried. And uh, <laughs> my one. My one. Hmm. I was trying to think about this before. I think I may go for the broad net of sci-fi. Ooh, it's not sci-fi. Not it sci-fi. is a comedy. A comedy. Okay. All right. Uh, we've had a few comedies, but not very many just comedy. So this should be interesting. Uh, what film have you picked? So the film that I've picked is Step Brothers, starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Step Brothers. This will be interesting because uh, I, I have not seen Step Brothers now that probably anyone that's been listening to this series will try like, shocker. But yes, no, I have not seen Step Brothers. And the reason I have not seen Step Brothers is because I don't actually like Will Ferrell in comedic roles. Oh, no. Oh. No. <laughs> Now, the reason for that is a very specific reason, and it's because Will Ferrell, when he does comedic roles, typically is the same type of character, and it's someone who is just a complete and utter idiot. And I don't find that funny. (laughs) I don't know what (laughs) it is about that, but I don't find someone that is a total idiot funny. So uh, my favorite Will Ferrell film is Stranger Than Fiction. Because, that is a pretty good one. Yeah, like he's actually a fa- fantastic in that he does serious very well, and he's got the comedy in there. But like it's a it's a very good role, and he does very well in it. So uh, this will be interesting because uh, I think the first thing you will have to do is sell me on this film. So knowing that I'm not a fan of Will Ferrell uh, in his typical comedy role, uh, how would you sell me on this film? Oh, geez. Um, well, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's basically Will Ferrell and John C. Riley uh, playing giant man children. So might be a little tough to sell specifically to you, 
Right. But, well, I mean... Okay. The rest of the audience, then. How would you the rest sell this to someone? So, if you've seen Talladega Nights, you know that Will Ferrell and John C. Riley have some great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is them back together playing the titular stepbrothers. They, uh, they are forced to live together after their individual parents end up getting married and move in together. And, yeah, just kind of... It's about them kind of becoming friends and then kind of going from there. Okay. Yeah, and I've, I've seen the trailer, and uh, I assume there wasn't too much to the film that couldn't be gleaned from the trailer. Other, uh, yeah, obviously there would be way more comedic moments and scenes and stuff that they didn't shove in the trailer, but uh, uh, when it comes to these sorts of films, I think you, you kind of know where they're going to go and how they're going to end up. And, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, would you say it is uh, one of Will Fowl's, like, even since he is kind of stereotyped in this type of role, would you say it's one of his better uh, versions of that? Or uh, is it just kind of a, a middle of the road, just in terms of you know, his performance and acting? Obviously, you love the film, but uh, like, uh, where where would you rate it in terms of Will Fowl's acting and coming across. So I feel like he does a good job in this one just because he plays it a little over the top to the point where it's kind of a caricature of that type of character. Okay. Both he and John C. Riley do. Uh, so it's uh, al- almost a meta kind of like, look, we're really stupid here. Like this is Right. Uh, okay. Uh, like it's these 30, 39 and 40 year old adult men and they're acting like children like yeah. they kind of over the top <laughs> type of thing <laughs> yeah and it's uh is it's interesting i don't know where my specific prejudice towards this style of comedy turned up like i it's the main reason that i can't watch either the uk or the us version of the office is because i hate watching someone make a fool of themselves <laughs> and so whenever it comes to like comedy derived from the fact that people are idiots, they're generally making a fool of themselves. Now, I do make an exception for Dumb and Dumber because they never realize that they're making fools of themselves. And that's, that's the thing. The comedy comes from kind of fish out of water in their respect. But when it comes to the Will Ferrell character, it almost seems like every single time he's a complete another idiot, someone brings it to his attention, and then he reacts to that. And then that's where the comedy comes from, for most people, just not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, And that's the thing. I mean, I fully admit that that is a a huge, especially in America, that is a huge selling point for a lot of people. I don't know if it's because people love seeing people that are stupider than themselves, or if it's just... Like that's a style of humor that is kind of very American, but uh, yeah, I, I do, I do feel a little bit of animosity towards these types of films. But I, yeah, and obviously I'm kind of saying this just in case down the line we end up covering it in some way. I'm not against watching it. I'm just not going to put it at the head of the queue <laughs> unless I have to. <laughs> You're just going to bury that somewhere in the queue. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like three quarters of the way down the Netflix queue because then what happens is you never see it because you either go <laughs> forwards through the queue or you go backwards a little bit to see what was most recently added. 
but you never really go that far. So <laughs> it'll be forever in the dead zone there. Uh, so, so what made you pick this film there? What about this film spoke to you that made you go, you know what, this is the film I'm going to champion? Uh, this is just a movie that I quote so much. It's got a lot of quotable lines in it. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's one of those, one of those movies. All right. Um, okay. Well, in that case, which quote would you say you probably say the most often? Ah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on. You had to know I was going to go. <laughs> yeah, I should have, I should have expected that. <laughs> uh, just kind of. I kind of adapt a certain line to certain situations. There's a, there's a line in the beginning of the movie where Will Ferrell's character is in his mom's car and they're about to move in with his new stepfather and stepbrother. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to call him a dad. And his mom says, well, you're 39 years old. I wouldn't expect you to. And he says, good. Well, I'm not, even if there's a fire. And I just kind of use that line a lot. Like if somebody says like, go do that, I'll be like, not going to do that. Even if there's a fire, just for some reason, that line just... Always gets me. Yeah, that does kind of come from nowhere. Uh, <laughs> that feels like an improv on the day line. Because right. I, I can't imagine that just being written into a script. Because if you, if you think about it critically at all, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, Yep, no, I can't say I'm going to adapt that myself. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably leave that. Uh, well, all right then. So, now you, obviously that would be like a favorite quote, but do you have a favorite scene or like specific moment in the film that either always makes you laugh or like, yeah, I'm sure that there are quote unquote tender moments in the film that like just always gets to you or <laughs> anything like that? Uh, I mean, there's always the uh, random scene in the middle where Adam Scott, who is Will Ferrell's character's biological brother, him and his family are driving to visit their family. And for some reason, they're just singing Sweet Child of Mine, like an acapella type thing. And then they almost get into a car crash and then continue singing. It's a very like weird scene, but for some reason, it always gets me. It's just like so out of place. Yeah, and... Yeah, that doesn't sound like uh, what I would equate as a Will Fell comedy. So, yeah. right. I, I did not know Adam Scott was in this one. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because previously, like, I had seen him in, like, Parks and Rec and stuff like that, where he plays kind of, like, dorky characters. But in this, he plays this kind of, like, complete asshole. Hmm. So it's kind of weird to see him in that kind of role, but... Yeah, I can... Uh... I can see that because I I know him from a few different things and yeah he's not he's never really that much, like that bad <laughs> like, yeah, right that, uh, might not be the best way of wording that but that's the best I got right now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that would be interesting to to look at but, uh, do you have any other moments that, uh, obviously that's a uh, more of a kind of a nice serious bit in there but any uh, any comedic moments in this film that always get to you so towards the uh kind of the about three way three fourths of the way through the movie uh, uh will ferrell and john c Riley's character decide that they want to start an entertain an entertainment company and like a record label and okay. they decide that they're gonna they decide they're gonna make a rap video using their dad's boat 
and they they do a kind of like pre- this. <laughs> yeah, they do a presentation at their uh, I think it's his brother's birthday party. It's either his brother's birthday party or their dad's birthday party, and they kind of play the music video, and it's called Boats and Hose. Yep, it's uh, yes, I've seen this one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite the song. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, I did wonder where that was from when I first saw that, and uh, now I know. Yep. Um, and for some reason, I I always equate that to just the I'm on a boat thing. Is that uh, is that in it as well, or is that a different song? It's just... That's a different song, but I uh, do. I do understand the confusion. I have done that before in the past. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously having not seen the film, I, I don't have that much of an attachment to it, so it's even more confusing when I try and think of it, because <laughs> I don't try and think of it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, aside from that, then, we normally ask, uh, if there is no sequel to the film, uh, what would you like to see as a sequel? Now, I am assuming that as a as of so far, they haven't announced one or come out with one. Uh, I no, yeah, I haven't looked this up, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, did, did they ever do a Step Brothers 2? They didn't, but I think it was like a month ago, Will Ferrell, in an interview, was talking about what their plan would have been if they had made one. So he had like an idea of what he wanted. He wanted to be the uh, two parents end up retiring and they think, oh, you know what? We were in the right to retire, too. So they try and, like, retire, go to the retirement home, all that fun stuff, and try and, like, blend in as, like, 40, 41-year-olds in a retirement community. Interesting. All right. So, yeah, and I can, I can see that. Uh, but uh, let's say that you were given the range for Step Brothers 2. Where would you like to see it go? Oof. Ha. <sighs> I mean... I think the like natural progression of it would be for them to kind of be put back into some kind of situation like that. Like maybe they went off and got married, not to each other, to other people, yeah. and eventually got like divorced and had to move back in together and kind of readapt to living together, something like that. And I could, thinking of it, I, I assume they're still, like, do they end up still living in their parents' house at the end or have they moved on? Um... It's been a little bit since I've seen it, but I think they still live in their parents' house. Okay, so yeah, I and I would take it yeah, if it was sort of a natural progression, as far as I can see, what would happen would be that they would somehow lose the house and they would finally be forced into independence. Now, whether that be that the parents have finally had enough and kicked them out or whether the parents had to move and they move into a smaller house which doesn't have room for them so like they, they had to go and maybe they end up going to college for the first time in their lives or something so like they, <laughs> they they live together in a dorm or something like it but, I, mean, I don't know there's obviously there's a lot of different ways you can go with it i just uh i i feel like you know if i'm melding stereotypical like very american film together you've got the two complete and utter idiots at college like that feels like a very american <laughs> film to me like it's was the american pie-esque type thing <laughs> and it's a rated r raunchy comedy so there you go there you go i mean yeah. technically if you remove 
Vince Vaughn, then that film kind of already exists and it's called Old School. But <laughs> I was uh, just about to say. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, hell, maybe Will Ferrell could pull a double role and he could be the older version of his character from Old School and he's like the, the RA of the dorm that they're in or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they could call it Older School. There you go. Maybe older school brothers or something like that. Just <laughs> older <around>. school brothers. <laughs> Melt them together. Yeah, hey, I feel I did fairly well for uh, coming up with a sequel, having not seen the film, and with your disdain for Will Ferrell. Exactly. I mean, well, I, not for I, Will Ferrell. Sorry. Yeah, that's for his it. I, I made I made us enjoy that style of his comedy, but uh, you know, at least I feel like I would be able to utilize it properly if I had to. Exactly. You understand it at least. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, you could, there are plenty of things that I don't like. That There are so many uh, music artists that I don't like or genres that I don't like, but that doesn't mean I don't understand that they are good at what they do. That, you know, clearly, they have fantastic singers or performers. It's just I don't appreciate that genre or that style of music. Uh, I don't like rap in general. Uh, there are a couple of exceptions, but uh, I fully appreciate that there are many, many, many fantastic artists in that world. It's just not for me. So, uh, <laughs> I feel the same way about country music, so definitely understand. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, not the biggest fan of country myself either, but uh, uh, I think that's one that I wouldn't care if it's on in the background. That's just, uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily shut it off, depending on the artist. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, all right probably steer this back to film then so obviously that is the film that you love now we've got to get into the film that you either hate or just were disappointed in or anything along those lines so yeah we we normally don't bother trying to guess this one because there are far too many terrible films out there and it's just, <laughs> it really could be in any genre that exists at all so why don't you let us know what film have you decided that you need to bring up in this section so this is something that i watched very recently i think it was last week okay and that like the concept of it intrigued me but it was very poorly executed it's repo the genetic opera Repo. okay now i i've not seen this one myself but i have worked with two different people that have sung its praises so this will be interesting i've never run into someone that actively dislikes it so <laughs> so this should be fun <laughs> all right so uh one you give a very basic synopsis and then we'll dive into it then so they kind of like use the beginning to build this world where it's set in the future it's kind of like a dystopian looking world okay and it has kind of like a goth steampunk look to it like the way that people dress all that right. fun stuff and essentially in this world, for some reason, they don't explain why, just people's organs just started failing like crazy. And a company called Genco started producing affordable organs, but they reserve the right to repossess them if you are late on payments. Right. So there's this character called the Repo Man that goes through to like kind of take the organs back. And they reveal kind of very early on that this is the main character's father, but she doesn't know that he's the Repo Man. Right. There's a ton of like weird plot lines in this movie. Like one of the plot lines is that the CEO of Gene Co. 
was in love with the main character's mother, but then she left him for the main character's father. And so he kind of sabotaged the father's research, so the father accidentally killed the mother. I think that's how it went. Hmm. It's very it's very convoluted. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. And essentially the like main story in this is that Shiloh, the main character, she has a like very rare blood disease that she inherited from her mother. Right. And she's kind of like forced to stay in her house this whole time. But when her father's not there, she tries to sneak out. And the like, kind of B story of this film is that Roddy Largo, the guy who owns Jinko, which, by the way, horrible name, Roddy Largo. <laughs> uh, he is trying to decide who his heir to, is going to be. His heir is going to be um, because his children are kind of terrible. One of them okay. is played by Paris Hilton. So, yeah. And he decides he's going to, like, try and leave all of this stuff to Shiloh, the main character. And it boils down at the end that she is given the option to inherit all this stuff if she kills her dad or doesn't get it. And in the end, Roddy Largo kills the dad anyways, and she's just kind of like, well, shit. Yeah, that, that's a very, very, very convoluted film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It seems like there's a lot going on there. <laughs> that I and I can understand not enjoying it that much. How long is the film? Um, I want to say it's like an hour and a half, hour forty-five. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, that, that's a huge amount that they tried to shove into that. Yep. <laughs> and the thing is, I should have known that it was going to be like all songs, but like I went in there thinking like, oh, this will be like a kind of cultish Rocky Horror type thing. It was not. Every, almost every word is sung by oh. some people who cannot sing at all. An example, Paris Hilton. <laughs> I see. I just I had a quick look up here, a quick Google of it. There is, um, wow, there are 54 songs performed in this film. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but don't worry, though, three of them are in the end credits. So 51 songs performed during this film. Wow. Um, even for a musical, that is a lot. <laughs> and like, the worst thing is they're not good songs. Like, yeah. it's the music sounds like it was made in GarageBand, which nothing against people that make music in GarageBand. It's just it has a certain sound to it. Like you yeah. can tell it's not made by like real instruments, <laughs> and it definitely sounds like that. And the writing of the songs is not very great. Ah, oh, so yeah, definite one-two punch there. Yeah, exactly. Now, attempting to sort of play devil's advocate there, uh, given the world that it's set in, could it be argued that what you're hearing is something that is coming from the world rather than being the soundtrack of it? I mean, they kind of play it like that. It's pretty much like, like I said, almost every line is sung, and they do have like this kind of like gothic, operatic look to it. So I could see that like maybe that's what they were going for. I I just like to think that uh, whenever it comes to musicals, I I kind of think that you have I don't remember if it was um, I think not another team movie kind of covered it, but Monty Python and the Holy Grail did it absolutely perfectly, where the the one character who is the the son of a guy that owns a castle built on a swamp, uh, he just keeps trying to sing. It's just like, this film is there was something. And then the father just comes and just like, no singing. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I always like the idea that there must be a musical world out there where there are people that absolutely hate the fact that people burst into song. And uh, it sounds like this world is the opposite of that, where literally everybody seems to decide to sing. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just easier than having a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely had that thought before too, mainly when I watch High School Musical, which yeah. I did watch when I was a child, so it holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> I can admit it's not great, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i not really a musical fan. Uh, again, there are definite... Uh, exemption to that uh, there have been many plays i've been to that have been fantastic book of mormon being one uh and also bob burgers the the last season of bob burgers every episode had a song in it and south park kind of did the same thing and they they were killing it those were some fantastically written stuff but yeah when it comes to uh, musicals in general i tend to have an issue with the fact that people just burst into song and it's like okay is this hap- like is this the world that people genuinely just bursting into song or is this a thematic choice in which case it's like it always seems as though time has actually moved on during the song so have they actually just been having a conversation and we have just seen it in song like it I, I don't know. Like uh, I've always been a visual guy over audio guy, probably because I am partially deaf. So maybe that's got something to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't latch on to these songs, but uh, yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see a musical where like everybody starts singing and dancing, and somebody just questions it. Like, where, when did you practice this? Like, <laughs> you're all choreographed. You're all singing the same note. What's going on here? Yeah, and it, I know I've seen something where that is mentioned. Uh, Although, I don't know if people have watched this, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Gallivant was phenomenal because it precisely does it that everyone in this world, in this medieval world, they not only know that they're in a musical, but most of the time they actively comment on the fact that they're in a musical. Uh, so you know what? It's, it's... That song is uh, three-fourths of the way down my list on Netflix, so I'll have to bump that up. Check I... it out. I would. It, it's got some. It's got some brilliant acting in it. It's actually got some really good acting by Vinnie Jones, and that is not something you hear very often. <laughs> but, but yeah, he is very good in it. Um, and yeah, that, like the first episode of the second season opens with a song that actively mocks people that were annoyed at them for having a catchy theme song in the first season, <laughs> and like basically. Saying that, that you know, oh well, we're sorry that we don't that you didn't like it, but we did win an award, so there. Like there's <laughs> there's, there's pretty much a line in there that is just that. So it's, it it was very well done, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Sadly, they didn't get a third season, but uh, but yeah, it was um, uh, it was a meta musical. So I was I was all in favor of that. Meta is one of my favorite things when it comes to this type of thing. Uh, all right, so obviously you mentioned you're not really a fan of the songs uh, or the world. Like, was it the world aesthetic that you didn't like, or do you feel like it was just poor world building? Um, I feel like it's kind of a little of both. The aesthetic okay. was kind of weird because this was set in, I want to say, 2054. It wasn't set like too, too far off in the future. Okay. 
So, like, the fact that it would be this, like, dystopian, gothic-looking, steampunk-type of setting didn't really, like, resonate with me that much. All right. Uh, yeah, I know this film isn't that old, so they didn't really push it too far into the future. Yeah, they pushed it, like, something like 45 years into the future or something. Hmm. Yeah, and generally, dystopian futures, to work best, you need to push it quite far out because then, yeah, so many things could have gone wrong. I mean... Yeah, regardless of where you stand on political spectrums at this current day and age, you there are some signs of things not going too brilliantly at the moment. So uh, like you can kind of say, well, maybe this is the beginning of that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do feel that, uh, as you say, like 45-ish years is probably not quite far enough out to be fully dystopian. Yeah, you need like, more of a buffer. It, yeah, unless you're setting it in an alternate uh, version of it, kind of like uh, V for Vendetta or something like that, where there's also an alternate past where things could have happened. Uh, but I assume that this is set in the future of where we are now rather than a different one. From what I understand it is, but that could have just been them doing a poor job explaining it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's always a problem when it comes to things like this. It's like, did they just forget to somehow bring this across or did they were they not bothered with it because they, yeah i guess they probably thought well no one's going to ask that question they, well no, we are right now uh, yeah exactly <laughs> all right so let's say that someone brought you the script and went um we just realized this is terrible uh can you fix it please <laughs> <laughs> what would you do okay so they actually did make another movie um, called... They didn't, but there was another movie with a similar, similar plot called Repo Men. I haven't watched it, but from okay. what I understand, the story is like somebody who is getting their organs repossessed is kind of on the run from the Repo Men. See, I feel like this would have benefited from having that kind of a story. Okay. And obviously not like every word being sung. Like kind of yes. narrow it down to like five, ten musical numbers, and then you're done. Yeah, if it must be a musical, then... Exactly. Yeah, because I, um... Yeah, I, I don't know, I... I kind of feel like they watched... Uh, again, bring up Monty Python. Monty Python, The Meaning of Life. Have you seen that one? I have it, not. It's it, it probably their least well-known outside of the one that they made, which was just the feature version of their TV show. Because uh, they, they made that, that one first, is, and now for something completely different, and they made Monty Python and the Holy Grail, then they made Life of Brian, which is, I believe, uh, outside of America, Life of Brian is like the most famous, and then they made The Meaning of Life, which is a lot of sketches based around different uh, like ages in your life. And in one of them, for no reason whatsoever, because hey, it's Monty Python, they just have this guy <laughs> answer the door. And it's like, it's like, hey, um, yeah, can we have your liver? <laughs> and it's just like, well, no, I'm using it. And then they end up uh, just like pushing him up against a wall. And they're like, what's this? It's an organ donor card. Need we say more? And then they just take him into the side room and just start hacking away at him and taking his liver out while he's still alive. It's like, yeah, well, you know, he did have the organ donor card. So <laughs> <laughs> it feels like they watched that and were like, huh, there's a film there. <laughs> like a, uh, no, not really. It's just it's a funny little sketch, but yeah. Yeah, uh, if we've learned uh, anything from movies based on SNL sketches, 
sketches don't really extend to a feature film. Generally not, no. So, yeah. With the exception of Wayne's World. Yes, yes, Wayne's World. And I don't know if that's just because the characters were so well done like that you're able to take that sort of idea and stick them in this weird world and it just worked out just fine. Uh, I, I think it's a bit of that aspect you were talking about with Galavant too, where it kind of like pokes fun at it, where it's kind of like a meta thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, especially with the uh, them stopping the film at the end and just being like, "Yeah, right," as if we'd end the movie like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do the Scooby Doo ending. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have a real sense of humor about yourself to be able to pull something like that off. Um, Anyway, I'll talk about Wayne's World again for a little bit. One of my favorite bits in that one is when they just dive into the sponsorship. And they just yep. like, yeah, we, we will not bow to any sponsor, Domino Pizza. Yeah, oh, give me a, I got a headache. Here, yeah, have two of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely yeah. one of the best scenes. Yeah. And um, I actually saw both of the Wayne's World films without having ever seen uh, a Saturday Night Live sketch. So I came into that totally fresh, and I still got it. It was, yeah. just, it was very clear who the characters were and what they did. So yeah, I uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think that's the thing. You've got to have a well fleshed out character and well fleshed out story if you really want to sell this. And it feels like, uh, I believe based on what you were saying, this one was kind of overwritten. It's just yeah. like, trying, trying to do too much. So. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to end up seeing this one. Even though I'm a big fan of steampunk and that side of things myself, it it does sound like there's just too much. You know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan of uh, more is more when it comes to the cinema. It's got <laughs> it's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> when you have an hour forty five minutes, you got to kind of focus on one or two things, especially when you're bringing the viewer into this brand new world you created. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I don't know, maybe do you happen to know if it was based on a graphic novel or anything like that? Or is it entirely just a, um, a, a random film that someone came up with? I don't think it was, but they do use kind of like a graphic novel style interstitial to kind of like give a little more backstory. Oh, okay. So like there's a few different scenes where it's kind of just like panels of a comic book type thing, almost like a motion comic. To like explain a little bit of the backstory. All right, that's interesting. Uh, hmm. That sounds like Hulk. I, I was about to, yeah. I don't know. This one was not directed by Angley. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, given your disdain for the film, maybe that would have made it better somehow. <laughs> Everybody I, just gets real green. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I will actually kind of defend Hulk. I thought it it did it did well with what it was trying to do and i feel like it just wasn't in the right frame of mind at the time like i maybe if it was a different director or if they you know waited a few years until at least iron man had come out and then tried to make it obviously they made the incredible hulk but uh, i i actually prefer hulk over the incredible hulk just because of uh, um what they did with hulk so like it's <laughs> if we're yeah, it's a weird sentence to try and say. but <laughs> I was about to say, that's not a sentence you hear every day. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, um, yeah I, I don't know. It sounds to me like this film c- 
could just there could be so many different things that if you just change this and that, it might make it better. And uh, obviously, I haven't seen it, so I'm not the best person to judge. But uh, based solely on your uh, viewpoint on it, yeah, maybe maybe cut half of the music numbers in it. Uh, yeah, because yes, fifty four is too much for anything. Like there's <laughs> there's no way that could work. I think I don't think there's fifty four songs in a series of Glee. Like, I but yeah, I, uh, I I think I'll probably give this one a miss myself. I don't I don't feel like unless someone is able to come along and tell me, oh by the way, this is in it, and I'll go, oh shit, really? Okay, maybe I'll watch it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think for now uh, I'll have to say, yeah, don't bother with this one. Well, uh, you would say definitely watch Step Brothers over this, and I would probably <laughs> say watch uh, Monty Python. Just, just go watch Monty Python. Yeah, That's no always reason. a good answer. Just watch Monty Python. Yeah, there's no reason to not watch Monty Python. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on and doing this. It was a, a lot of fun having you here. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Yeah, no problem. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and your podcast? All right. So uh, we're on Twitter. It's at Unheard Podcast. Um, we have an Instagram. It's at Unheard Podcast. And we're on iTunes. We have our show on pretty much every kind of podcasting service that's out there, as far as I know. We don't have Spotify yet, though. Ah, okay. Yeah, you should get on that. One day. <laughs> <laughs> I say that saying I'm fairly certain we're not on Spotify either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Go check them out. It's, uh, it's a really cool idea. It's uh, fun listening to them talk about it. So, yeah. Uh, definitely worth at least one episode. Give them a try. You never know. It might be your new favorite podcast. Uh, and um, as always, you know where you can find us. And uh, we we don't say it often enough. And uh, this will be for both of us here. Uh, do rate and review us, please. Uh, I, I know it sounds like I'm begging here, but uh, it, basically, if you enjoy listening, if you thought this was fun, if you feel like more people would like it, just even just click, you know, four or five stars. And I don't want to say do five stars. Cause if you don't like it, five stars, then you don't have to lie. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, just if you just click the stars and that's it, you don't need to spend time typing anything out. It will obviously give us that rating. It'll push the numbers up, which will mean that people, more people will be likely to find it. So uh, it would help us out. And, you know, maybe we'll read out a review or two. At some point, you never know. You might get read out, and then you'll go, "Oh, what about that?" And then maybe you'll do. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only takes a few seconds to do. Yeah. So it, just kind of, you know, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we we'd be very very pleased if you did. <laughs> uh, well, uh, th- again, thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back at some point. Definitely. As long as, as long as you guys want me on, I'll come on. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Uh, well, in that case, I've been Paul, and he's been Ed. And uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over.
Go home. Go.